Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Stompcast. We're going to continue the conversation we're having in part two and delve a little bit deeper into attention. I'm very interested about what people can do as individuals, because I think sometimes here in the societal kind of wider stuff is sometimes scary for people or it feels like, well, that's out of my control. So if you are someone, or actually one of almost everyone, that feels that it's hard to concentrate, the attention has been affected, everything's pulling you away from what you're trying to do, or even just being present is difficult in moments of relaxation, what can you, what can you tangibly do? I think the biggest one that comes up is social media, so I guess that's there, but like, well, including that, if you have particular tips around the social media, but like, what can you do day to day to actually be more present in your own life? Well, just to say, um Absolutely, we can all change the society. I'm gay. You could have said to gay people, in, I know you wouldn't have said this, but you could say to gay people, let's go imagine the 1930s. Gay people have been imprisoned, murdered and burned for 2,000 years. Could have said to them, and lots of gay people as a result were depressed. Could have said to them, look mate, you're not going to change that. Yeah. 2,000 years, good luck. Um, you just need to find some way to adapt. In fact, gay people didn't adapt, quite rightly. We fought back and we appealed to people in spirit of love and compassion. And as a result, most gay people are not depressed now because we have equality and we're treated with love and decency. So I wouldn't, absolutely wouldn't accept the premise that mm. society is this big thing that we can't do anything about. It can feel quite scary though, can't it? I absolutely, think it's, it can it's be It's the daunting, same as the climate element. And but I that's know. how they want you to feel. Yeah. That's yeah. how the powerful forces mm. in this, it, who are harming your attention want you to feel. Mm-hmm. You're powerless, there's nothing you can do. In fact, they're pretty weak, these forces, when you think about how popular they are and they can be taken on. So I'll give you an example. For all of the 12 factors that I write about in Stolen Focus that are harming our attention and focus, I think there are two levels at which you've got to tackle them. Defence and offence. There are loads of things we can do to defend ourselves and our kids, and there are loads of things we can then do as a society. So I'll give you an example of one of the problems and then how we might think about it in these two ways, right? I went to MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, to interview one of the leading neuroscientists in the world, an amazing man named Professor Earl Miller. And he said to me, look, there's one thing you've got to understand about the human brain more than anything else. You can only consciously think about one or two things at a time. That's it. This is a fundamental limitation of the human brain. The human brain has not changed significantly in 40,000 years. It certainly isn't going to change (laughs) any time scale we're going to see, right? But what's happened is we've fallen for a kind of mass delusion. The average teenager now believes they can follow six or seven forms of media at the same time. So what happens is scientists like Professor Miller, scientists all over the world, get people into labs and they get them to think they're doing more than one thing at a time. And they monitor them. And what they discover is you're not doing more than one thing at a time. What you're doing is you're juggling very quickly. You're doing a cycle. Also, with the social media, it's, like it's, the, it's the app loop, isn't it? It's like you go from Instagram to the TikTok to your emails to your WhatsApp and back around. You're not actually doing it all at the same time, are you? You're doing like almost like a, a, a kind of compulsion a cycle round and it's very interesting to watch yourself follow it really but we all have that internal voice 
we're like, what did you just ask me, Alex? What is this message on WhatsApp? What does it say on the TV over there? What is this message on on, on Facebook? Wait, it's <laughs> so Alex, true. what was it you were saying again? So, so true. Um, we're juggling, and it turns out that juggling comes with a very big cost. The technical term for it is the switch cost effect. When you try and do more than one thing at a time, you do all the things you're trying to do much less competently with dreadful effects for your attention. You make more mistakes, you remember less of what you do, you're much less creative. And um, this is not a small effect. To give an example of a small study backed by a wider body of evidence, Hewlett-Packard, the printer company, got a scientist in to study their workers. And they split them into two groups. And the first group was told, get on with your task, whatever it is, you're not going to be interrupted, right? Just do what you've got to do. Second group was told, get on with your task, whatever it is, but at the same time, you've got to answer a heavy load of email and phone calls. So pretty much how most of us live. And at the end of it, the scientists tested the IQ of both groups. The group that had not been interrupted scored, on average, 10 IQ points higher than the group they had. To give you a sense of how big that is, if on this walk now we were, walk we were smoking a fat spliff and getting stoned, mm. our IQs would go down in the short term by five points. Okay. So in the short term, being chronically interrupted in the way loads of us are is twice as bad for your intelligence as getting stoned. Right? <laughs> oh, You'd be better off sitting at your desk, smoking a spliff and doing one thing at a time, than you would not smoking a spliff and being constantly interrupted. Now, obviously, don't, don't want anyone listening that, yeah. to get the wrong idea. Obviously, <laughs> yes. you're better off doing neither. <laughs> yeah. But this is why Stick Professor, to air, people, sorry. Well, this is why <laughs> Professor Miller said we are living in a perfect storm of cognitive degradation as a result of being constantly interrupted. So let's think about that cause, which is one of the 12 that I write about. I can't imagine there's anyone listening who's not experiencing that, right? So for that, we can think about layers that we can respond to it. So there's absolutely an individual layer and there's lots of things you can do. I'll give you an example of one. I should have brought it with me, but I was too lazy to carry it with me. Um, at home, I've got something called a K-safe. It's a plastic safe. You take off the lid, you put in your phone, mm -hmm. you put on the lid, you turn the dial at the top, and it locks your phone away for anything between five minutes and a whole day. I won't sit down and watch a film with my boyfriend unless we both imprison our phones. We'll have my friends around for dinner unless we all agree to put our phones in the phone jail. And people get anxious at first. And I always say... I try to say it with love because, you know, I've, I've had the panic they're having. You know, think about anything you've ever achieved in your life that you're proud of. Whether it's starting a business, being a good parent, learning to play the guitar, whatever it is. That thing that you're proud of required a huge amount of sustained focus and attention. Mm. And when your ability to focus and pay attention breaks down, your ability to achieve your goals breaks down. Your ability to solve your problems breaks down. You feel worse about yourself because you actually are less competent. When you start to get your attention back, you know, attention is our superpower. When you start to get it back, it's such an exciting feeling. So K-Safe is one thing. I would recommend everyone buy one. I use it at least three hours a day. You can install an app on your phone called Freedom. It can sync with your laptop and it will cut you off either from specific websites one of my friends uses it for Instagram, another one of my friends uses it for Pornhub, whatever you're addicted to. You know, yeah. it can just cut you off for however long you tell it to, or it can cut you off from the entire internet. So those are two examples, that, and this is just relating to one of the causes. But I want to be really honest with people. I am passionately in favour of all these individual changes when it comes to food, the whole battery of the 12 causes I write about in Stolen Focus. But I want to level with people because I do not feel most people communicating with the public are being honest. Mm. These changes are really valuable. They will massively help you. On their own, they won't solve the problem. They'll help, but they won't solve it. Because at the moment, 
it's like all day someone is pouring itching powder over us mm. and then leaning forward and going, you know what, mate, uh, you should learn to meditate. Then you wouldn't scratch all the time. And you want to go, fuck off. I'll learn to meditate. That's really valuable. But you need to stop pouring this itching powder on me. Yeah, so sure. we have to also Great take analogy. on the forces that are doing this. So I'll give you, that can sound very fancy. So I'll give you an example of a place not very far away that did that, right? That, that did that in a very practical way. So this is the sort of offense layer where we take on some of the causes. In France, in 2018, they had a huge crisis of what they called le burnout, which I don't think I need to translate. No. And the French government has set up a inquiry uh, to figure out why is everyone so burned out all the time? And they discovered that 40% of French workers felt they could never stop checking their phone or email when they were awake because their boss could message them at any time of the day or night. And if they didn't answer, they'd be in trouble. Mm. So I can give those people all the lovely self-help advice in the world. Get a case save, do all the other 50 things I talk about in the book. They can't do it, right? Mm. They can't do it. So the French go, you know, you think about what a recent change that is. When I was a kid, I think you're younger than me, Alex, I'm sure you are, but the, I don't remember, I don't think my parents were ever phoned at home by their bosses. No. You know, no. I mean, when I was a child, the only people who were on call were the prime minister and doctors. And even doctors went on call all the time. So you went from almost no one being on call to almost half and, the And COVID certainly pro propelled that, massively, didn't it? Because the, the home and work battle, well, there's no such thing. Yeah. I think many people would argue that there is no such thing as work and home anymore. Yeah. It is all just They're one They all spectrum. collapsed into each other. Yeah. So the French government could see the problem very clearly. But you know, my book is not primarily about problems. My book is about solutions. The French government said, well, and they did it because they were pressured by trade unions. It's important to say if there weren't trade unions that were strong in France, they would never have done this. Mm. They came up with a solution. It's very simple. They introduced a law called the right to disconnect. And it says that every French worker, your contract has to be written out. Uh, in your contract, it has to be written out what your work hours are. And when your work hours are over, you don't have to look at your phone or email. That's it. Unless they're paying you overtime. When I was in Paris, Rent-A-Kill, the pest control company, were fined 70,000 euros for, trying to get, for telling off one of their workers for not checking his phone uh, an hour after he left work, right? Now you can see, that's something we can only do collectively. Yeah. Maybe there's someone listening who's super powerful at their company who can go to their boss and go, you know what, mate? I'm not checking my phone after five o'clock from now on, but I, I doubt there's many people in that position. You can't do that as an individual. We can do that together. And, and there are loads of big collective things in addition to these individual changes big things that we can only do together we can only, you can't regulate big tech on your own but together we can regulate yeah. big tech you can't deal with air pollution on your own which is really inflaming people's brains and harming their attention you know you can't change the food supply system on your own but together we absolutely can do that just like we've changed so many things in the past it's true it's like the collective and, and looking at the the wider changes it is interesting because it's interesting back to that point around beyond and off your phone is that you know i think there's been a huge shift that most people's jobs in the past had very little or no incorporation into online or whatever whereas like now like for example authors in the past wouldn't be on social media necessarily or doing youtube or doing these different different social things only existed for 10 years so they, i mean they yeah have been exactly but now everyone is on these platforms in some way even look at doctors right so you've got doctors now who are on babylon or whatever app it is or the nhs mm. thing or you know so I think the, the issue is that the technology has moved on so quickly. We, ha we haven't adapted to it, have we? That's the, that is the no, fundamental. That's not, that's not the problem. The problem is not that we've failed to adapt. The problem is that the technology has not adapted to us. I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley mm. interviewing people who designed key aspects of the world in which mm. we now live. 
And one of the things that was fascinating about it was how sick with guilt they felt. So one of them, a great guy called Dr. James Williams, who worked at the heart of Google, one day he was speaking to a tech conference where the audience are literally the people who designed the stuff that your kids are using today, people who are listening. And he said to them, if there's anyone here who wants to live in the world that we're creating, please put up your hand now. And nobody put up their hand. So, and not long afterwards, he quit and became one of the most important thinkers on attention. So at the moment, anyone listening, please don't, but if you open TikTok, Facebook, Twitter now, they begin to make money out of you immediately because the longer you scroll, the more ads you see, right? So the entire technology, the massive design of it, is to figure out how to keep you and your kids scrolling. And they are unbelievably good at it. And I go through lots of the techniques in the book. As my friend Tristan Harris, who also worked at the heart of Google, said, you can try having self-control, but every time you do, there are 10,000 engineers on the other side of the screen trying to undermine your self-control. So the problem is not that we failed to adapt to this technology. We have adapted to this technology. Mm. We've adapted to precisely what it is trying to get us to do, which is to scroll constantly. So it's right? always pulling you back in before you can escape kind of thing. But the most important thing to understand is it doesn't have to work this way, right? And there's an analogy that really helped me to get my head around this. You know, older listeners, people sort of, I'm just turned 44, people a little bit younger than me and older will remember. When we were kids, dominant form of petrol, all over the world was leaded petrol. I can remember my mum putting in a little red mini. Um, and it was discovered by scientists that exposure to lead is really bad um, for people's brains and particularly bad for children's ability to focus. And if it's in the petrol, everyone's breathing it in because it's in, you know, the gas, in right? Yes, yeah. So what happened is a group of ordinary mums, and this comes absolutely back to how powerful everyone listening is. A group of ordinary mums led in Britain by a woman called Jill Renette, who was what used to be called a housewife. Sorry, walking past a school where lots of kids are coming out now. Um, these mums started a campaign where they just said, well, why are we allowing this? Why are we allowing these for-profit companies to screw up our kids' brains? And it's important to notice what they didn't say. They didn't say, let's adapt to the lead in the air, because you can't. And they didn't say, so let's ban all petrol, right? That would be ridiculous. Just like none of us are saying, let's get rid of all tech. We're all pro-tech. What they said was, let's get rid of the specific component in the petrol that is harming our kids' brains and move to a different model, right? And these mums, they fought like hell for their children. You know, they fought and fought. And, you know, it followed the classic pattern of all successful political struggles described by Gandhi. First, they ignored them. Then they laughed at them. Then they fought them. Then they won. As everyone listening knows, ain't no more lead in our petrol, right? As yeah. a result, the Centre for Disease Control has calculated the average child is three to five IQ points higher than they would have been had we not banned leaded petrol, wow, wow, right? Wow. Now, we could go back and go, you know, lead's been around a long time. Lead went back to ancient Rome, the use <laughs> of lead in, um, yeah. you know, for the way people lived. Obviously, lead existed physically before that. Um, it's important for people to know how powerful they are right? We, the way I think of it is we're in a race, right? On one side of the race, you've got all these 12 factors that I write about in Stolen Focus that are harming our attention, um, which are pretty broad, and they are poised if we don't act to become more powerful. Paul Graham, one of the biggest investors in Silicon Valley, said the world is on course to be more addictive in the next 40 years than it was in the last 40. Think about how much more addictive TikTok is than Facebook, yeah, right? Sure. 
Oh my God, okay. yeah. So that's one side of the race. These trial factors that will pillage our attention if we let them. On the other side of the race, there's got to be a movement of all of us saying no. No, you don't get to do that to me. You don't get to do that to my brain. You don't get to do that to my child. No, the problem is not in me. The problem is in this environment, which I didn't create and you didn't create. And we can get our attention back. You know, it's James Williams who I just mentioned, the guy who worked at Google said to me, you know, the axe existed for 1.4 million years before anyone said, guys, should we put a handle on this thing? The entire internet has existed for less than 10,000 days. Yeah. We can deal with, and all these other changes, food, as so many of the factors, the way we work, these are recent changes, right? Yeah. We can deal with these problems, but we can only deal with them if we first understand what they are, honestly. We don't tell ourselves that it's just that your brain doesn't work or my brain doesn't work. Mm. We stop blaming ourselves and thinking, oh, I must be weak. I have this thing wrong with me. The only solution is for me to drug myself. Um, although there may be some, uh, some role for stimulant drugs for adults. I'm not opposed to it. Um, in fact, I would, I'm in favour of it for some people, but it's not, that's not the answer to these big systemic problems. This is a systemic problem. We've got to understand what these 12 factors are and realise that we are very powerful and we can deal with these causes if we want to. As a, as a community, really, isn't it? It's coming together, yeah. the power of common, common goals, common connection. There's a lot we can do as individuals to protect ourselves and our children. And there's a lot we need to do as a society. And we've got to do both. We've clearly got to do both, right? Absolutely. But we, you know, if we carry on like this, we'll look back nostalgically on the time when we could focus for a whole three minutes in an office, right? We don't have to live like this. This is, this is a very recent product of yeah. very specific factors. And we can solve this problem if we want to. I, you know, in the research for Stolen Focus, I went to the places that have done this. From France to New Zealand to Long Island, that have fought back against these causes. People have given their kids and themselves back their attention. I've seen it can happen. I've seen lots of people do it here in Britain. We absolutely can do it. We just need to take on these forces. That, we need to understand what these forces are and we need to take them on. It's been a really interesting conversation, and there's clearly things we can do as individuals, but as a collective, there are things that we can do to combat some of the stuff around tech. And I find it particularly interesting uh, around the social media aspect because, well, we've got the online harms bill. What will that look like? Will it go far enough? Probably not. Um, and I think really what we have to do is then, you know, challenge that and go, right, what, what more do we do? What do we do to protect our younger generations coming through? Thank you so much for sharing so much of your, um, your kind of research and, and Oh. knowledge stolen focus and um, make sure you go and have a read because i want to hear about the other factors involved in your research you've done so thank you Great. so much and, and enjoy your publishers taste me there's a new audiobook of chasing the screen which we were talking about in there part one which i recorded so I yeah to, so I check out and, and if you that. haven't watched your tad the tad talks i love as well so if you haven't go on to well gosh tell sending people onto tech onto youtube goodness me no as long as it's uh, playing yeah. the tad talk the again. ted website is not designed we're not going to do a health fact of the week this week because gosh we haven't half heard some facts and uh, i think a lot it's a lot for us to digest thank you so much for your time Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Stompcast. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you go out and get yourself a copy of Stolen Focus. I think it's a fantastic and useful book for, well, everyone. And it really does highlight the importance of, yes, looking after yourself as an individual, but also coming together and taking action for the wider community and the next generation. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. And please do check out my book, A Better Day, or the adult book, Live Well Every Day, for better habits in your health and your general life. Take care and goodbye.